What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Big Flowers, a rapper, producer, graphic designer, and video director from Buffalo. We talked about how the fox and the hound of the Prince of Egypt shaped his mind as a child, the value of making friends over the internet, our mutual appreciation of the midnight gospel, the sandwich deconstruction theory, his approach to collaborating with other artists, and the process behind his latest self-released album, Big Smile. Come fuck with us. But yeah, no, I think that what Yachty did as opposed to like someone like Lil Pump, who kind of is just like, dead career-wise now is that he 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 allowed himself to keep building off of himself as opposed to biting on some sort of like moment and it opens that door for being a career artist and you look at people like i know it's fucking weird to consider it like to 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 relate like yachty to like woods or elucid but you look at like you know arm and hammer right How, like the 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 it's a collection of three career artists coming together and collaborating. And it's just like a hard mold to even break into forming, right? Mm-hmm. To, to like, like to take that moment of, I did something artistic and kind of shift it into a life, right? Cause it takes a lot of commitment. And as soon as you break your own metaphor, whatever it is, you know what I mean? For me, it's flowers or whatever, right? As soon as you break the metaphor, it's really hard to like, you know, look at it, look at it and be like, all right, I'm gonna keep doing this for an entire life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you can stay within that metaphor and be a career artist, I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's cool. Fla- <laughs> Flowers and I have been fucking with fucking Flint and Detroit rap for the last like 20 minutes and just talking about Yachty for everybody just to the game because I forgot to fucking start recording because I'm an <laughs> asshole. But yeah, like it like, wow, we're already we're already starting this off by bringing Yachty, Woods and Elusive together. This is this is going to be fire. Let's go. I'm so ready. <laughs> what's up everybody what's cracking welcome back real notes uh i don't i don't remember what number episode this is i think this might be six i could be wrong i'm pretty sure it's six yeah 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 it's six we got six on the finger i got six (laughs) sixes tattooed on each side this just means the most to me we're about to we're about to fucking talk about that shit too so for okay so i got somebody incredibly special on the show today it's a friend of the show this is this is this is fucking mike big flowers Fucking Buffalo's finest. <laughs> Buffalo's finest on here. This is also the person who design who did all the art design for the podcast. So like thank him for all the beautiful logos and the videos I've been putting out and shit. Like him and J Words really held me the fuck down with all this, like with like the shout out to J Words. Like, yeah, man. Shout out to Jen. She's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> like incredible. So yes, so flowers. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on my shit. I appreciate. Thank you for having me, man. (laughs) No, of course. Like it needed to happen. Like it's been really cool watching it. Kind of like because I remember, like, what it was a couple months ago. You hit me like, yeah, and it was like just an idea, and it's like really, really cool to me to see like the ideas form and manifest like kind like relatively overnight. You know what I mean? Like I just got done working on this project and it took me to like two and a half, three years. Right. And it's like, I don't know, you out here two and a half, three months, already six episodes deep. And it's like, it's just really, really cool to see like the trajectories of different projects and how they're like manifesting. 
Yeah, especially considering all, especially considering the handful of hands that went into making it possible. Because like, yeah, because like I remember you reached out to me, you reached out to me after I wrote my piece about Doom, which Mm. I really appreciated because that was really thank you, thank you. That was really special to me. And you were just like, hey, like if you need help with any graphics for the podcast, hit me. I was like, or 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 or, or for the newsletter, I was like, oh okay, cool. And then uh, and then it just kind of worked from there. And like you just so happened. To have already been working with Arm and Hammer, and I was like, "Wow, like, okay, like, <laughs> so let's go," you know, like, yeah. Shots to Elucid for that, man. I mean, I, 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 that, that's that message in different words, similar sentiment. The yo, let me know if you ever need, you know what I mean. That message, I can't, I can't imagine how many times I've sent that message. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I, but I think that it's just important to like, you know be heard right just like if i'm like because i feel like i'm doing something that's like cool Uh, i don't know i won't say it's like groundbreaking uh you know like revolutionary whatever like i'm not i'm not jacking myself like that but i think it's cool otherwise i wouldn't be doing it so then it's just like if i think what you're doing is cool which i do i'm a fucking i'm gonna take the time to like reach out and see if there's a symbiosis that we can reach and i think yeah, like uh, two years ago, same with uh, with Jen, J-Words. Like, I, I remember I sent that out. I, there was somewhere deep in the vault, there's like a edit of, you know, let me see if I can pull it up. There's an edit of um, Jen. There was this random this random picture she sent me. It was like a, uh, but I don't know, it was cool. Like, this was like early on in my graphic career. She was someone I listened to, heavy. And then she, like, I, I opened up my Instagram one day and like, she got my fucking collage is her profile picture and i'm like damn that's sick i I was like that's wild yo same with diani bro i remember diani like i remember i heard ashe and i was like damn she is spitting yeah and then and then um i I reached out to her i was like yo if you ever need blah 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 she sent me a picture did a collage wake up another couple days later she's got the profile picture set up and then, bro, with Diani, it was weird because, like, I, I, like, another two months later, I see her post a picture or a tweet saying, like, yo, I was getting a, I was getting a tattoo of a cop car burning, but the tattoo shop closed before I could, uh, before they could do the flames, so I'm an op for a day. And I was like, yo, that's mad funny, right? But I had just, like, a week prior posted a collage of, like, a cop car burning, right? And um, I, I hit her up. I was like yo are you talking about my collage and like like this that the third and she's like yo i screenshotted it and then cropped it so i forgot who posted it but yes and i'm like hold up you have a tattoo of marsh she's like to this day the only person with a big flowers tattoo and like yo that's that that's crazy to me you know what i mean like wild son yeah, right? I can't even imagine. And yeah, like and like before I forget, like we gotta we yeah, like yeah, like we really gotta roll out the resume real quick. You're a rapper, you're a producer, <laughs> you're a fucking graphic designer, you're a fucking video director, like you do it all, bro. Like you're like all over the place, especially now. You know, like but, but but like we're gonna get into all of that in a little while. So I wanna start this off with the same question that I ask everybody when I do this shit. So what so when was the first time that you went to the movies? Damn. First time I went to the movie. And I knew this was coming too, but it still just just hit me. You know what I mean? And I was like, dude, I, I like I was just listening to the Arm and Hammer episode this morning and I was trying to think about like what was the first time I went? And it was like, 
the first time I remember, I'll give you the first time I remember. Yeah, was was because I, I did the movies like my mother, uh, her mother has like this big thing with the movies. Like every every Christmas, we always always Christmas Eve always went to the movies. Always right. So I'm sure there are some I'm forgetting, but the first one I really remember, the first experience I really remember was the first Harry Potter movie. Mm. Um, and that was that was an interesting ass experience because I remember. I remember going and not even making it to the movie. And like we went to the, 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 the store early to get candy. And I ate like a whole box of Twizzlers before we even got to the fucking movie theater. And I was like throwing up outside. And I, but then I remember like still seeing the movie. You know what I mean? It was good. Um, it was either that or Prince of Egypt. Wow, that's a throwback right there. Bro, so Prince of Egypt, yeah, I think it was Prince of Egypt. This one I remember too, bro. The the Prince of Egypt one was crazy because I remember being terrified. Of I was so scared of Prince of Egypt, bro. They was killing killing people left and right. Yeah, true. Just throw I remember one scene where the dude got thrown off the top of a temple, like working on the temple. The guy just pushed him off. I was like, oh no. Yeah. That's just, and and I was like bugging and I was like, yo, mom, I gotta go. I, I gotta get out of here. You know, and a bug's life or ants, one of the two was playing in another theater and we tipped yeah. to that. <laughs> yo, so first off, um the one part of the one part of Prince of Egypt that I always remember that scared me was when uh was when like the hieroglyphics were kind of coming to life. And like, there was one where like the Pharaoh was throwing the bait, yep. was like throwing baby Moses into the water. Like that shit terrified me as a kid. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then years later, I realized that like Val Kilmer voiced Moses. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like these people, <laughs> these people are the, like, like all these people are like Egyptian and they're like very, or, or, or no, they're not necessarily Egyptian, but like, they were just very dark. And I'm like, why is Val Kilmer, like, why is Batman voicing Moses right now? Like, I remember, like, Dude, having I that mean, thought. That, like, what's happening here? That happened, I mean, that because that movie was made, like, either late 90s or very early 2000s. I'm pretty sure it was and, the late 90s. Pretty yeah, sure. and, like, dude, I mean, at that time, especially with animation, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're a couple decades removed from, like, generally accepted blackface. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's just like, and I mean, you had that happening a lot, right? Yeah. With animation. I mean, video games too. Uh, dude, video games. I mean, they, they there was that one dude that voiced Nathan Drake that voiced literally like every character you can imagine. Nolan He did North? like ratcheting. Yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, he, bro, he, he I'm not North saying North. that he did that. I'm not saying he did, he, he did any like uh, audible blackface, this, that, the third. Right. I'm just saying like, like you, you have these act, voice actors who do like thousands of roles. You know what I mean? And somewhere along the, the the line, that probably happens a lot. You know? Yeah. Because like, because like the one that I think of that's the most recent was um, uh, on Big Mouth when uh they had Jenny Slate voicing the um the biracial girl Missy, and I didn't realize mm. that she, I, I didn't realize that she was a white lady until like I think into season two. And I was like, uh, mm. and then, and then, I, I, and then, like for anybody who, anybody else who watches Big Mouth, season three is this whole moment where Missy is having this like, like she's like, 
she's like grappling with being biracial and like like she's yeah she's like grappling with being biracial and i'm like there's a white lady doing this and that makes me really yeah that's weird bro. like but then but then uh they like they had already tried to address it because they hired a new voice actor to play missy but she only played her for the last two episodes of the season when the arc was already done it was fucking weird but uh <laughs> mm. um but uh strange yeah yeah very, i didn't really get into that show it's, I, it's, I remember, I remember seeing a few episodes, but like it was not something that really, like I don't know, I I, I kind of fell out of that coming of age type of narrative. I feel it. Like if I, I don't know, like I can't, I'm trying to remember the last like, uh, Mob Psycho was probably the last like coming of age wow. type of story that I like partook in. Mob Psycho. That's but that that anime is crazy. Yeah, Mob. I, I I haven't seen all of it. I've seen enough of it to know that it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I mean, all you need to see, bro, in my opinion, all you need to see is the intro, the animation in it. And like, you can register it. You're like, I right, bet good anime. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh-huh. Like, like something to come back to eventually, you know? Yeah. Like, cause I, dude, with anything, uh, like, enter, like consumable on a sensory level, I need time. You know what I mean? There's so much stuff always coming out. I remember Theravada said it uh, in one of his Instagram lives. It was something along the lines of, I didn't hear your music. Like, I, like, I don't care if you're my best friend. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm busy. I registered it. I, I probably shared it on the story, too. But and I registered it as something I need to come back to. Yeah. But I didn't listen to it yet. Like, I remember the uh, the... And I think that's like something so important to know with movies, this, that, the third. There are movies like you just sent me some movies the other day from like when was Ichi the Killer? That was like late nineties. Um, Audition was definitely late. Yeah, yeah. Audition was late nineties. I feel like Ichi the Killer was maybe early two thousand, like maybe like two thousand, like two thousand one. Maybe I can actually check. something like that. Yeah, oh on. yeah, we have the internet literally yeah, in front of bro. us. All but but either the, either way, two thousand one. Yeah, two, wow, think? that shit turns twenty years old yeah. this year. Crazy. Sorry. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Either way, um, but like, I haven't watched either of them yet. But yeah, but <laughs> that's, that, that's essentially what I, that's essentially what I'm getting to. You know what I mean? Like, I've just been busy. I don't have the time to sit down and watch a movie. I don't have the time to sit down and listen to an album sometimes because I I don't I try not to let like there's passive listening music for me, and then there's things that I just need to give the time. Like Haram, for instance, dude. I remember like. So it, this is in the middle of like my rollout week. Um, I like, I, I like, I don't know. I was putting the album out on my birthday. I made that decision way before I had even been approached about Haram, which was two months before they even announced it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, uh, it was just like, like passively in the middle of my rollout week. And I was fine with it. You know what I mean? But then I remember one of my friends hit me up. He's like, bro, what'd you think of Haram? I was like, bro, I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> like, even though it's like this crazy huge thing, like this like landmark in my career even, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But I just like, I, I'm not gonna like, like these are these are two of the best lyricists of our time. This is one of the best producers of our time. I'm not just gonna throw it on while I'm running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, like, like that's that like, that's mad disrespectful, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I bro, I'm gonna buy it on Bandcamp. I, I I had that shit pre-ordered. You know what I mean? Like I knew it was gonna be, and I know it's there. You know what I mean? 
I tried to start it one time. I got like three tracks in and I couldn't, I, I, I just was too busy, you know? I'm st- like, cause like the day after I released the album, I was like, all right, I bet I'm going to listen to her up. And then it's like, dude, I'm still too busy. There's still too much shit happening. I'm like, you know, like, and I don't know, like I'm going to get to it when I can. And it still means just as much to it, but it's, it to me, but like, I don't know. It's just like, dude, like, I, I, I like, I'm only, I can only do so much. Like a lot of the times people ask me like, dude, how do you do so much? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. I got a standing desk. I don't sit down anymore. <laughs> like I don't sit down and watch it. You know, I, 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 it's just like, I, when I can, it's always with my girl. You know what I mean? We always sit there like the other day we watched Under the Skin. And that was like, a re- like we hadn't sat down and watched the movie in like a couple weeks. And it was just like, damn, this is cool. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. So like, so like while you were growing up and like you started to recognize like movies as a thing, like, do you remember, like, what's the first movie you remember that made you fall in love with the idea of movies? Or if not like fall in love with the idea of movies, like, mm. Just kind of like, at least you like appreciated it on a level where you're like, oh shit, this is a movie, you know, like not just yeah. like a passive thing, like you were saying. So like, yeah, there are two, there are two examples that I'll give one animated and one uh, live action. Cool. Early on in my life, I was really, really just there for like anything animated. You know what I mean? Like I was, I, I didn't watch like live action, but I hated them, bro. Until <laughs> I was like, 11 12 right the first movie i can very veritably say like drew me in was fox and a hound um interesting why that movie like blew my mind uh i don't know i think a lot of it had to do with my mom like she would put that movie, that in aladdin we would watch those movies almost every weekend like it was crazy especially fox and the hound i just remember that being like it was like precognizance you know what i mean i was just like 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 just a slow transition aided with that movie and it was just like every time i watch like i hear people talk about the godfather and i've never seen the godfather but like i hear people talk about the godfather and they're like yo every time you watch it's something new it's like you know what i mean like i always hear that about the godfather people talk about good cinema they always bring up the godfather and it's like all right bet for me it was fox and the hound i always watched it and i would notice something new about the farmer about like the running sequence, the bear, this, that, that, and it was just like, damn, people took the time to draw every single one of these frames. And it just like drew me in, Disney, Pixar. Um, I mean, dude, I loved anime, you know, like yeah. when I was a kid, dude, Dragon Ball, are you kidding me? <laughs> the original Dragon Ball was like my, my, like my, my third arm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, like I loved, I waited for that every, like, as soon as my parents let me, you know what I mean? And then the other example is, is on that tip. It was the first rated R movie I saw, The Last Samurai. And I look back. Interesting. And the Last Samurai, you talk about like people assuming roles that they shouldn't be assuming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tom Cruise should not, shouldn't, but whatever, right? Yeah. I, it was just, <laughs> dude, I was never allowed around, around uh, rated R movies. You know what I mean? So it was, I, I went to my friend, James house he was watching the last samurai i was like whoa whoa and i was my mind was blown like just the fact that there was like violence right in general and then that like just drew me in to the fact that like how many times that took it like tied that same thing with the the animation because it's like for me it's just like 
it's always been the work that went into it. Like I remember watching the Iron Giant and like, just like being like, dude, what? Like the amount of like time spent animating all of this, right? And then like action movies really caught me. Like I didn't, I, I never watched The Last Samurai in full. I never watched it beyond that occasion. But I remember seeing Kill Bill, the first Kill Bill, the crazy 88 scene, and oh, having that man. same moment of just like, dude, the, how many times did they have to take the, like this whole action sequence? Nah, like the technique is just like the technique behind making a movie and like all the, and, and like not even just like composing a shot, but like all the people who have to like put together outfits for that and like the yeah. gore people and like all yep. the gaffers who have to put down like the sound stuff and like, and, and just the light things. And like, and, and and then like, when you go back to animation, you just think like all the, all the different people have to draw like, Cause yeah, like yeah, like like uh, like it's it's big felt on the whole like watching yes. stuff drawn and it's like, like and then you have Quentin Tarantino, you know what I mean? When you start talking about Kill Bill, you have that motherfucker at the reins. I love his work, but I cannot imagine what it must be to work with him. Yeah, he's 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 like, got to be awful. I've heard terrible stories. Like yeah, I like I feel like like he he his presence feels like what people talked about Charles Mingus like, uh, where it's like Charles Mingus, you know what I mean? Charles Mingus would just like, like stop a band in the middle of a rehearsal because someone like wasn't grooving. Like, like, like he could just tell your head, you, you weren't thinking about just this, right? Like something was happening with your wife or whatever. And, yeah. and your, 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 uh, the drum, the drum pattern got a little bit like, automated and so he stopped the whole thing threw something at you never let you come back you know what i mean yeah on some fucking whiplash shit yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and it's just like um i don't know like that, 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 that that's what quentin tarantino kind of reminds me of as a director like it's just like so specific you know yeah. and it's on that human level of specificity right and and, and like like, have you ever heard the stories about what happened to Uma Thurman on the set of the Kill Bill movies? Like, she almost died. Nah. Like, there, there, there's, there's like a, I wish I could remember the whole story off the top of my head, but like, but like, but like, I think she, I think she got interviewed for like a New York Times story where she mentioned that like, there were a, like, there was a scene where she was in a car where like the car got like total and she almost like died because like he want, because like he wanted a specific shot and he was like forcing her to do it. And like she almost got like seriously hurt or killed because of it, and that's only like one of like a handful of moments like Jesus. that. That like, that, like he, he was he's 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 one of those dudes up there with like Stanley Kubrick and them who's like really terrible to his actors and will like and like mm. really do like whatever it takes to get exactly what they want, which like you know like is great for a viewer, but like the people who right. work on those movies, right. like, people people come away with these awful stories, and it's like how could you? Like, it's hard to not look at someone like that and be like, the fuck is your problem? Like, right. <laughs> dude, Christian Bale. Yeah, man. Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Like, you have these crazy stories. And, and, yo, and then Tom Cruise is crazy. He just, he he show up, he bro, he show up on Oprah and pull that shit. Oh, man. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that didn't even have anything to do with the movie. That was just the whole Scientology right. shit that had his, that has, I guess, his brain just, 
I don't even know. Scientology is a lot. Like, like Holly and like Hollywood and Scientology's relationship is so wild. I was just watching Hustle and Flow a couple of days ago because, mm. because reasons. And Isaac Hayes is in that movie, and he was a Scientologist. Yeah. Which, yeah. Like, yo, like, and like he and like Dude. he, like he was dressed like a picnic table, which made me laugh. <laughs> but, like, but like, like it's it's. It, it, <laughs> They kind of have nothing to do with each other, but I was just like, this guy is a Scientologist and he's dressed like a picnic table. Like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember, did, did you ever see the Dana Carvey stand-up special, um, Squatting Monkeys Ton of Lies? I can't say I have, no. Dude, he has a bit in there about Scientology. It's so great, dude. He just He's just like, bro, I'm going to start my own religion. You know what I mean? And he just goes off. And, and like, Dana, I think Dana Carvey is funny as hell. He, he he's great. He has a bit in there about go, getting old. He has a bit in there about um, just politics in general. Right. And they're great, great. I gotta tap in because I was thinking about uh, I've been thinking about Dana Carvey ever since I saw the um, uh, him and Mike Myers started doing the Wayne's World shit again for the for the Uber Eats yep. commercials. And like I was thinking to myself, like I can't remember the last time I saw Dana Carvey outside of the Master of Disguise, which is almost twenty years ago. Like huh? he he was just he's just huh? been he's just been off the grid for two decades. Like I don't know what happened, but he's just like and like I was never a huge fan of Dana Carvey because I was also too young to like really get into him on like SNL and shit. But like I've seen Wayne's World, right, right, yeah, guys. But like I never like, but like I just thought about it, and I was like, he's just been gone for twenty years. Like what happened? You know, like, where did he go? Like, why? And like, why is he coming back now? It was just really interesting to me. So it's interesting that you just brought that up. I'm looking at his, um, (laughs) I'm looking at his, uh, his credits right now. Uh, He did Master of Disguise in 2002, nothing for three years. And then he came back for something not good. (laughs) He, He was in something with SNL and then the Fairly Odd Parents. And then it was really who, who, nothing. Hold up. Who was who he on the playing the Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah, tell me. Uh, Schnozmo. Sh- okay. Yeah, I don't might, remember this. I don't remember it. You know what I mean? That might, yeah. Apparently, they, he was in uh, he was in Rick and Morty, too. Um, who was Anatomy Morty? Park. Wait. The Anatomy Park episode? I don't know. I, I look. Wow. And, uh, wow. and okay. Hotel Transylvania, too. Secret Life of Pets. Like he didn't do anything live action. Okay, okay, okay. So he hasn't been gone, but like, wow, that's interesting. He just like made a pivot to voice acting. Like, I, wow, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I like like I would be interested in hearing about what's going on with Dana Carvey because like he's just, I, yeah. I feel like he lived an interesting life. Maybe I'm gonna see if I can find squatting um, monkeys tunnel lies. But either way, <laughs> fire. So um, okay, so like you're growing up. And you're kind of like recognizing all of this stuff. Like for you, like you make all different kinds of art. So like for you, like when did you first gain an interest in art and like wanting to make it for yourself? So I I put in the the Zoom chat, the Dana Carvey thing. But the first time I like, you said the first time I really like figured I wanted to like do art for myself. Yeah. And like, and like, you could even, you could even be a little more specific about like when, Mm. like when you first like started to appreciate art. 
and like really mm. yeah yeah so yeah so like i guess it's like a two-part question just like when did you first start to appreciate it and then when did you start wanting to make it so like i mean i remember growing up with my with my my mom played the piano um and like she really held uh, I, my mom had a wild upbringing i'm not going to get into it but like right. she just like was very sentimentally attached to like like very like certain things like the piano was one of them right and it was just like it was always around and she didn't even play it as much but it was just in my basement all the time and so I would end up playing it just at the third my mom would then come around and be like no you do this you know what I mean she taught me how to play piano when I was younger and it was like again passive art to me like or it wasn't art it was just like passive techniques right like for so long right it wasn't expressive it was just math right and a lot of art existed in that fashion for me. And so like, until I realized that I was good at trumpet. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I picked up the trumpet at like 12 and, or, or not at 12, I picked up the trumpet like nine, but like somewhere around 12, I like remember like I was in some lesson with a bunch of kids and I was, I was the only one that was able to hit like some crazy ass note. And then it just like kind of broke this mold open for me of just like, oh damn I can do things with this this is not just like me playing like playing around like right like there's something here right and I remember going home there and that was like one of the first times I ever really practiced at home and it wasn't like practicing like I was supposed to it was just me playing around with the with the trumpet right Right. like figuring out what I can do with this starting to express myself and then like a year or two later I got a guitar and that that was like the biggest like moment for me of I started to write songs, right? Mm-hmm. And that at like 15, 16, something like that. And since then it's been, that that, that was like the pivotal moment for me getting a guitar. Gotcha. And I didn't use it. It's, it's funny because I didn't really use it for like a year. <laughs> and then I went to one guitar lesson, uh, never went back because it was just too, like I don't like that whole music theory kind of approach to it, especially not the Anglo-centric like Anglo-linear, whatever you want to call it, that, that type of music theory. Yeah. Um, that's, an, that's, that's another point we can get into, but I'm going to try not to tangent too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that that and then, um, yeah, I don't know. That was like a really, really pivotal moment, the, the guitar thing. That's yeah, writing, writing like, yeah. Right, no, no, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's interesting because like, so like so like it all really started with music for you is what you're saying. Always, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like that was the biggest thing for me growing up. Like music was like because I could just close my eyes and not be where I was, you know? Like and it was just like everyone, the amount of people that had a story to tell, and they were all kind of similar, but they all had their own kind of flavor to it, you know. It was just interesting. There are other people that kind of felt the way that you felt, and I think that. Music is one of the easier um, media to digest on that level of relate relation, like to the person making it. Like you can relate to what a lot of people are just saying, because especially and especially with hip hop, it's just like speaking from the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can hear that. I remember the first time I heard Doom in like 2005, whenever. Um, what's it called? Uh, Danger Doom dropped. Oh, five, oh, six, maybe, maybe, maybe oh, four. No, no, no. That- oh, five. I lied. I, oh, five. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I remember when I first heard that, 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 that was like one of the first times 
that year was like the first year I really like embraced hip hop. Like that and that's that song. It sounds superficial, but like that song that the, that Gorillas did, you know. Um, that's not superficial at all. Right, feel good ink, bro. I'm telling you, like that song. Come and um, what was the song off of Danger Doom? Benzy Box with CeeLo uh, Green, right? CeeLo, yeah. Yeah, that th- those two songs like broke the doors open off of hip hop for me. And then I remember immediately getting into Fifty Cent and Outcast. Wow. But like, yeah, and like, I mean, that was so that that was like a few years, probably. Yeah, like that was like three, four years prior to me getting into guitar too. So it's like that mixed with, and that's why I love mixing those two, like just acoustic guitar and rapping. Right. Shit is great. <laughs> so, um, so then, I mean, like, I mean, you already kind of explained it, but like, could you elaborate a little bit about like when you first decided you wanted to start making music? Like, like oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's funny, like the first couple times I made music, like, and said it was something I did, I didn't commit to it, you know? And like, like it was, it was a band format of things. I'm not going to say the names of the band because they're like, you know, I didn't commit, you know what I mean? I don't want people to hear that. That's not me you know, and in my fullest, like, right. But like it, one was like a blues type kind of like in, I mean, I like, I hate trying to put into word Cause it was literally like, we were kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, like it was somewhere between Arctic Monkeys and Pink Floyd, in intent, in intent. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we sounded like that. This shit was garbage. Um, but I didn't, I didn't commit. You know, and the other one was like a grunge project. But um, yeah, I mean, like it was definitely when I was like 16, 17, and then I stopped because it was like hard, and I, I just didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I was like in the midst of being suicidal. I didn't really care about like doing things. You know what I mean? So it was just like, I, I, at a certain point, I mean, I, I was like grappling with that. And then I started making beats back in like 2014, 2015, something like that. And that was like me, like exiting that phase of like heavy depression, um, adolescent depression. Um, and that was like when I like got back into the idea of like making music. Cause it was like the idea of bands had kind of like drawn sour for me, the impracticality of live instrumentals in the living scenario that I was in. You know what I mean? It just like, like, sure. I could like try and like have like this, like insane decibel level band practice once a week, wherever we can, you know what I mean? And like lug, like however many pounds of gear every week, or I could like, you know, download GarageBand on my phone for $5, have a pair of Apple headphones and literally be able to make music wherever I am. And then I spent like three and a half years making beats on my iPhone. And then last year I got Ableton and like an actual keyboard, this, that, the third. But it's like, it took me a fucking while to feel like I, it was something that I could like justify spending money on. And so it's like been this passive process of like, yeah, I'll make music. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And there then, are catalytic moments, but nothing, nothing like too concrete of like, I'm deciding to do this. Right. And, and, and like, and like, obviously you're more committed to it now than you were then. Cause like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like life allowed it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
back at, 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 in the time that I was doing it originally with bands, this, that, the third, life could have allowed it, but I didn't allow life to allow it. You know what I mean? I was yeah. too lazy. I was this, that, whatever, right? Now it's like, I'm just fucking working. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I and I, and I have to, otherwise I get bored and then I get depressed again. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a terrible cycle. So I just stay busy. Right. And I've been broke. I've been broke so long. I'm still broke. You know what I mean? In a relative scheme, I'm not as broke as I used to be, which is great, but I'm still right. broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Baby. Steps. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but, so I, but what I'm getting at is I, I understand not having the money to throw for something and I like doing art. And so like when people hit me up for album art, I was like, bro, I don't, it, it's cool. You don't like, I know what I'm worth, my art, what I know what my creation is worth. So I'm not going to like change the price for it. Right. But I'm down to barter that because what you do is worth something too. Dude, I, I was bartering so much. I have like, like big smile. There was like what, 16 songs on it. Yeah. I have to have like 200, 300 beats that I bartered for in terms of artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like, I'll send you like a full album, album cover, track list, uh, promotional post, whatever, right? You send me like ten, six, whatever, 10 beats. The amount of times I did that, bro, oh my God. And I have hundreds of beats. And it's, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to listen to all of them. And it's cra- like, but it's like the value exists in that sphere. And I also think it opens up conversation. It, it like this this kind of like essence of like the 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 quote unquote transaction isn't done. You know what I mean? Right. It becomes a relationship and not just a transaction. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Yes, that's, that's what I'm getting you know, at. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's you know like that's currency. Like relationships are currency, especially now, especially when you don't have like, especially when you don't necessarily have the money or resources that you want to need. Like knowing mm. people, knowing people makes moving around easier like mm-hmm. that's that's Dude, all I know yeah but you can't but much in the same with like rapping I was talking about this the other day where it's like rap rap is not something that you should be doing for any other reason than you need to get it off you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if you're doing it for ulterior motives like if you're rapping for a compulsory like just to to rap it kind of, I, I don't know, right? Like, it, like you can tell. I'm not even going to say it's good, bad, whatever, right? It, it's, it's, there's just a different flavor to it, you know? And I think the same goes into networking. You can tell when someone's networking to network. And then there's like this type of passive networking that happens when you're just doing your thing, you're being open about it, and you're being receptive to other people trying to enter that sphere with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I don't know, like, it's, there's something so terminally, like, I, undesirable about, like, that networking to network. Like, let's just, like, follow each other because we both, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you want it to be genuine. And 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 that's, like, yeah. like, 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 not even just because you want it to lead to something in the future, but because it, like, feels good to, like, be a person. You know, like being yes. a person is tough. Yes. <laughs> like, like, dude, I, I I love being a person and I love being a person on the internet too. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of people look at the internet and internet personalities as like, like, like there is a discerning presence between someone's internet personality and who they are in real life. 
And I mean, like, whether or not that may be the case, it's not like innate to the software, right? It's not innate to like, you don't have to be a different person stepping on the internet. You don't have to. Yeah. Right. But, but people, some people choose to do so. Right. Yeah. But you can be exactly who you are on the internet. And I love that. It's an extension. of. I've met some of the closest people to that. I have in this like network, right. Uh, Pleasant Sherman, Eyes Wide Shut, Chimazie. I don't think I've like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I can't go to Dallas every fucking weekend, right. but the internet's there. Right. And it's like, it, it, it reminds me of the league. I, I say this a lot where it's just like, yo, like there are people doing things that are standing out in their respective cities. And like, if you're doing something and you're standing out in your respective city, they'll be able to see that you'll be able to see them. And then it's like, that's that level that where the meta where, of, that where it kind of exists, where it's just like, all right, you made it to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Only however many percent of people from high school make it to college. Right. And there you go, right? Like, and then who makes it to the league, right? And it's just like, oh, but always, and I think it's a really interesting scene in hip hop right now that's kind of like, just chronologically, the follow-up to slums or whatever, you know, uh, under, I don't know what you want to call it because it wasn't just slums, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that time, right? The, the, mid ten, the mid to late tens, right? That that was a very powerful moment. And whatever's happening after that is happening ex- almost exclusively on the internet. Yeah. Like, like the internet is about like there are aspects of the internet that are kind of confined to the internet, but like real relationships exist there. Like people find yes. like, like you were just saying, people find their friends. I talk about this all the time. Like the internet is real. People don't think it's real and like and like yeah, like trending and that's on them. But like, it's like, it's like the shit is real. Like people forge connections on there. Like music yes. gets discovered on there. Like, like news and like events happen on the internet. You know, like you it's, are it's, who you are in real life because of the internet. Yeah. And it's like, like I, I, I love this, this, this notion of like, like, cause I know what you're talking about where people like to minimize the internet into some like compartmentalized thing that exists elsewhere yeah just philosophically meanwhile the internet is passing through your body every moment of your life yeah like like legitimately like wireless fiber optics 3g lte whatever those entities those phenomena are passing through your fucking body if they're reaching your wireless device which you're holding it's reaching you too you know what i mean Uh uh-huh and so it's like, very legitimately, yeah. there's two there's two German words that relate to that, umwelt and umgebung. I don't remember which one is which, but one of them is like what you as a receiver can receive or a perceiver can perceive, whatever, right? Um, and like a perceiver can be a human or like an AM radio, right? AM radio, it's umgebung, I believe. Umgebung is the one that's specific to the perceiver. It's Ungabung is just AM radio frequencies. We programmed it to only pick up AM radio frequencies. For us, it's whatever senses we have, right? The five ones that we talk about and then like that kind of spiritual sense and that like connective sense between humans, right? And that's our Ungabung. And then the Umwelt is that, the AM radio, ultraviolet, literally everything that exists ever, right? And Wi-Fi is in there, right? 
3G is in there. CNN is in, you know what I mean? Like everything exists in there. Um, and it's just a matter of what you're picking up, right? So, and we were talking about, why did I get on that? Fuck. Oh, Wi-Fi passing. Oh, the internet, right? It's so real. Nate, like the internet is nature. This computer is nature. You know what I mean? Like, what, why is it this like, like, like people let it become this behemoth that of a metaphor, right? It doesn't need to be. It can be a tool. It can be like kind of like symbiotic with the, the progression of human technology and that like kind of like integral towards like the syndication between technology and like re recovering the health of the planet. You know what I mean? But if you look at it like this thing that exists outside of your existence that just like that you tap into when you pick up your phone, it, it, it breaks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kim Kardashian doesn't break the internet. You break the internet. Yeah, there you go. That's facts. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's us. Like the people who are consuming. Yeah, break. yeah exactly. Yes, yes. Um, so... So like so like as you're kind of coming into your as so like as you're kind of coming into yourself artistically and musically, like was there ever a period of time where you consciously linked film and music together in your head or film and art? Like, mm. yeah. So uh, about three years ago at this point, um, my friend Johan, he. He went to the school I went to. He was working on film. I was in a biology major, but like, I don't know. Biology was like very like it existed in the way I was just talking about the internet existing. You know what I mean? Where it was just like a set of academic standards that I needed to understand to move further in that trajectory, right? It didn't exist as like what was happening in the real world until I worked at like a neuroscience lab. But like that, 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 that didn't happen until a little bit later, but like either way, I was working on music all the time. Right. And I was doing it on my phone at this point. And then my boy Yohan was working on a short film and he was like, you can score. I was like, I can try. Right. Everything that I do ends up like happening on that, in that capacity where it's like, I can give it a shot. Right. And um, right, anything once. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> exactly. Dude, the animation happened that way. Someone hit me up for like an album cover and then was like, yo, can you do like visualizers? I was like, fuck it, I can try. Wow. Right, you know, now here we are. Right. So um, and it's cool because I can see like where in my career, like I hinted towards it. Like there was this collage I did of Mike. There was one I did of Earl. There was one I did of um, Ted Kamal. And the three of them had like different slides where like the imagery kind of progressed and it's like a precursor to stop motion and there was like other moments where it's like I was just like taking a bunch of pictures of the collage I just did and like I didn't glue the pieces down so it would like kind of move a little bit and like as I was scrolling through the camera roll it would shift a little bit and so I just took note of it in my head like oh that that could happen but like um yeah I he asked me to score the, the, the film and he was like, you can come into the, the uh, center for the arts, the digital media studies lab and use their entire professional recording studio to do so. I was like, 
Okay. You know? <laughs> like, how do you say Absolute. that? Absolutely. <laughs> Heard you. They had, like, analog synths. I was in heaven, bro. I was like, and it, like, dude, I hate, like, I, I listened back. I was like, damn, I sucked. Like, every fucking two months I do this, where I look back and I'm like, bro, you were trash. You know what I mean? But, like, but, but, like, you... So like, so like, just, just from everything you just told me, like, it sounds like you kind of picked up on art in this kind of like ad hoc, like improvisational way. And like, you've kind of, and, 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 and like, you kind of like, it sounds to me like you just kind of like tailored yourself to what other people needed. And you kind of found this new side of yourself and now you're yes. better at yeah. it. And like, you're better at it now than you did then. Or, or, or excuse Cause me, I mean, you talk about like, you talk about like whiplash you talk about like uh, Charles Mingus, bro. Like that's my inner monologue. I'm telling you, you know what I mean? Yeah. If life is the medium, I love jazz. You know what I mean? I love jazz. That's the genre I'm living in. You feel me? Where it's just like, I need to do what? All right. That's the fucking tempo. This, that, the third. These are the, the parameters which we're like jazzing in. All right, bet. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Just give me a little bit of time to like catch the key, catch the mood, you know, like, and like, I really like, cause life is the fucking game. Life is the, life is the, you know what I mean? And like art is an imitate, you know what I mean? There's that art imitates life. Yeah, imitates art, imitates, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, but life is the first one, you know, or like art initially imitated life. And oh. like, it's not chicken and egg. It's not, you know what I mean? Like life existed prior to art. Yeah. And definitely. you know, hieroglyphs and things like that are like precursors to true art. You know what I mean? Because there was utility at that point. You needed the visual representation. It wasn't art there. There was still like direct communication because we didn't have something better. You know what I mean? Direct communication. There was too much utility loaded into it for it to exist as true art. And I think that some, some like really militant hip hop kind of branches this too, where it's like, there's so much utility packed into it that it kind of transcends music it kind of transcends art it becomes a tool again you know what i mean yeah i feel that way i feel that way about a lot of people i feel that way about fucking i feel that way about like dead prez i feel Mm. that way i even feel that way about some of like like there's so like there's so many artists that you could like apply that to like dead prez is the first that come to mind like you could apply that to like for me personally, I would really apply that to someone like Big Crit. I would apply that to mm. someone like, uh, man, now I got to go scroll through my Spotify and like see real quick. Like Dude, Big L. Yeah, like Big L for sure. I would I would I would I would subscribe that to anybody who's like really making music in New York right now because like New York's entire yes. scene. I was just like, about to say like someone like Akai, bro. Yeah. Someone like Akai like and there are times where Akai kind of like runs this line of like word salsa. You know what I mean? Like there are, there are moments, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's, it's not, it, it comes off like that. To me, it's really him truly dedicating to his own language. And we're just not him. And he is so open, but we just wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we weren't, and, I, and that's what I love about Akai's music. Cause it's like, that dude is like, I mean, he releases so much of it and he's so honest and the metaphors are so intricate and the words are so complex. A lot of the time, the rhyme schemes are so complex and he's doing it all so fast. Yeah. How could you be able, how could anyone be able to palette it all other yeah, than him? He's him, you know, like he's himself. Right? 
And that's like... But I remember like 2K Forever, when that dropped, that whole Black Sand project, right? That was one where it really felt so militant that it was utility. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was putting a fire under that entire kind of like diaspora of yeah. artists. You know what I mean? Not, not diaspora, but just like whoever was tapped in there, whoever yeah. was watching what Sifu was doing, what um, Akai was doing, what Slums were doing. It, it, it just kind of like that to me seemed to resonate so heavily. Like yeah. in the same way as like Red Burns, in the same way as May God Bless Your Hustle, you know? Yeah. And I also love how that kind of like reflects against like, because like New York in general is going through like a really beautiful like renaissance right now in like every facet. Like I've been le- like, I've been listening to Neek Bucks's album a lot, uh, Neighborhood Hove, and like just like mm. hearing and just like hearing the way that he puts, hearing the ways that he puts. Me the, like, oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. But hearing the way that he puts, his life experiences into music and just like communicates them in a way to just kind of reach out to people who have been through the same thing. Like mm. I, um, I actually interviewed him a couple weeks ago and I learned that when he was younger, he was involved in a shootout where a bullet wound up in the back of like, it wound up in the back of his head. He thought it had grazed his head, but it wound up in the back of his head. Like, and like he had like, oh. so, so like this happened in 2011 and he had severe migraines for about three years and he couldn't figure out why. So he went to the doctor and the doctor- There was a bullet lodged in his skull? There was a bullet lodged at the base of his skull. It was inches away from the bone. It was just there for three years. Oh my and, God. And like, and like, they, and like they got it out, obviously. And the doctor told him that he was here for a reason. And then that inspired him to drop a tape called Here for a Reason. And, Heard you. And, and, and and then he just like goes on from there and like he just really he's just very good at putting his life and feelings down onto the page and like he's like he's somebody who kind of falls into like the 50 cent kind of like lineage of like of like hard dudes who can like get melodic and he like okay like g herbo and shit i fuck with him he's really tight um and yeah i and and, and like i just love comparing stuff like that to stuff like what Mike's got going on, and yes. like, it, like, 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 I love. Dude, you talk about that, like that. That translates directly to like Dean Spencer. You know what yeah, I mean, bro? Shout out Where to just like Dean, son. Like, yeah, player, player to cry type beat. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't know, like that honesty, lyricism again, like so. But I don't know, like it, you're, I, you see the correlation in in the ways that these things kind of like built on top of each other because like bro you 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 go back there was this dude who's like chilling with me and my homies the other day that was like talking about like new edition like they were trash or something like that what the we were like what he was like they weren't hard bro we were like what okay what do you mean (laughs) and like at the same time yeah that should slap too you know what i mean and it was hardcore too because it was like you're not going to talk to any of them any sort of way just because they sing you know, because yeah. like they were hard, like, like, right. like, 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 like just Bobby Brown alone. Like, what? Alone. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, bro. who are you talking about, bro? You like, like you heard someone singing and you tapped out. And it's like, and I think Dean is another like very, very like important landmark artist in this like removal of toxic hypermasculinity from rap. You know yeah. what I mean? Totally. And like, yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, yeah, like, 
I gotta say that I love Deem. Like I've been, I've been, I've been tapped in since Sunflower, and just like to see him, yeah. and like to hear what he did with you on Big Smile. Like, I like it. it just always makes me happy to hear his voice. And like, we were always- just talking about you the other day. It was mad oh. cute. I was like, I was like talking to him, like uh, just trying to figure out, like you know, like I don't know. I was just seeing, like, I, I, I don't want to. I don't like playing this whole like promo game of like, yo, like look for every podcast, look for every this, that, the third. It's just like, too, there's too much out there. A lot of it is algorithm driven. And a lot of the time, wholesome goes out the window with that. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. And like me, you and I had already been in contact, but it was just like, I was asking him if he knew anybody that did wholesome promotion, this, that, the third, wholesome music review, wholesome, just like entity, right? That, that touches music in a journalistic way. And like, the only person he mentioned was you, you know what I mean? And he was like, CinemaSci is literally the only person out there doing that. You know what I mean? Wow. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. That touched, that touched my heart. I really appreciate that. Cause like, I don't know. I love this shit. Like music and movies saved my life and to be able to write yeah. about them and to have people connect with them in the way to be, to have people connect with my writing in any way really just means the world. And like, I don't even like, yeah. like, it's like you were saying before about needing to just get shit off. Like I yes. just get this shit off and like anybody. Who and that's why it comes. That's why, yeah. it, that's why it transmits. Yeah. A- anybody who appreciates that just really like, just thank you. Like that, that's yeah. like, l- like, same. Uh, yeah. And like, and, like Dude, I, same anytime I did a collage, but like, I mean, I, honestly, on collage, I've been operating like almost purely off of like commissions just because right. I always have something that someone's paying me for. And I'm blessed, blessed for that. You know what I mean? But it's like before that, right? Anytime I did a collage, it was just like, bro, I need to see what these shapes look like together. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I've seen, yeah, yeah. seen it in the book and now I need to fucking, I need to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And to be able to be at a point where people are like receiving it and like I can make a living off of it, and I'm, bro. I mean, making a living is not hard when your rent is three hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, you know. But like, I, I uh, it was just really, really, really cool to like see it progress, and like, just like yeah, the appreciation is so real, and like to me, like that's what that's what it kind of built off of the music. You asked me earlier when when I decided I want to release music. Bro, like when I put out put big smile on Bandcamp, that ass. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like, cause it was uh, it was an entirely passive process until then, where it was just like I was doing music. I mean, and it was fu- it's funny because it's like I don't know. Like I heard Sifu rapping back, and whenever he dropped Ensley, and it was just like the craziest thing to me. What an amazing album! Right? So. What a great album! And then you have the merch go on the store. I'm like, shit! I can't. I don't. I'm not in California. I can't go to, and I mean, he was in New York a lot, but it was just like, I wasn't in the city all the time. I didn't like, and it like that, like as much as it's right there, like I was growing up in Poughkeepsie as much as it's right there. Like, dude, the, the, the terroir that goes into New York city alone, like how different Queens is from Harlem is from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? And within Brooklyn, how different Crown Heights is from Bushwick is from Betts. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not going to say that like I'm part of that scene because I'm not, bro. And it's not like, and knowing that I'm not going to try and be down there every weekend to catch it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there are things happening in Poughkeepsie that I want to be a part of. That's, That's what's real in there for me. 
Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy that you bring up Poughkeepsie because I went, well, actually, no, Purchase isn't near Poughkeepsie, but I went to school. At uh, Poughkeepsie. Kind of. It's, it's, it's like kind of sort of close. I have, um, um, I, um, one of my best friends is from that area. Cause like, that's where, um, that's uh, New Paltz, right? What? New Paltz? No, no. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm like, yeah, there's a, there's SUNY New Paltz, but like, I'm trying to think of the, um, there's a there venue, there's a, uh, oh, oh no, Purchase is in Purchase, New York. Uh, 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 purchase is right outside of White Plains. Oh, all right. It's it's like right outside of White Plains. But um, 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 one of my best friends that I met at oh, is he from Poughkeepsie? Oh, Adam, if you hear this, I'm sorry. I I might have fucked up. Maybe you're not from Poughkeepsie, but he's from somewhere around there. And there's definitely a venue in Poughkeepsie. There's like a music venue there that I used to go to a lot. Um, what 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 are what are oh, is it the chance? The chance. It's the chance. It's the fucking yeah. chance. Yeah. Yeah, okay. bro. The Adam is totally. I like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, upstairs from there, the loft, dude. I played so many shows there. Wow. That's just, I, yeah. I've never. I'm. Ne- bro, I, I, the I, first concert. The first concert I ever went to was the Black Dahlia Murder at the Chance. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I used to um. Um, I knew I knew a whole bunch of people at school who were in a ska band called Murder by Scooter. Uh, shout out, bro! Shout I've out. seen them. Wow! Shout out to all of Murdered by Scooter, bro. Yo, that's oh, crazy. Yo. And like, bro, so I like, used to love Scott. Streetlight Manifesto was my favorite band. So bro, like, I had, yeah. I had, I have the Streetlight logo tattooed on my arm. Incredible. I, mean, I fuck with Streetlight Manifesto. That's crazy. Wow. I st- I don't like them anymore, but I have a tattoo. You know what I mean? That <laughs> yeah. shit is so annoying. <laughs> wow, bro. That's 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 unfortunate. So- <laughs> They sold the fuck out though. They sold the fuck out, bro. <laughs> I remember them. Oh, we're breaking up. We're breaking up. And then they have like these two shows in Sayersville, right? And they like their their last two shows ever, two nights in a row. They played their whole discography. Bro, I had to have dropped close to like $300, $400 when I was y- younger too. Damn. When I was younger too. And, I, and it like was just like a lot out of pocket for me at the time, right? To go right. support them, buy merch, be there. And this, that, the third, right? And then, like six months later, they were on a festival. I was like, "You assholes, y'all suck, y'all suck." Mars Volta too. They're coming back, but at least they waited a couple years. I'm gonna listen to the Mars Volta album. I will. The Streetlight, no, I don't give a fuck anymore. All I'm gonna say is, like, they're not ska, but all of them are better than Thirty Seconds to Mars because fuck Jared Leto, son. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Jared Leto's. <laughs> I can't You're funny, bro. You're I, can't, I can't stand that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, fuck him, man. But um, um, <laughs> before we get too off track, like, so like, what? So like, as you've as you've kind of come into your own as a musician and an artist, like, how like have movies had any influence on the way that you create at all? Dude, fuck yeah! Oh my god, yeah. Like, oh jeez. Movie scores are like insanely inspirational. I mean, I remember. I mean, every <coughs> every Quentin Tarantino movie exists as a testament to how important curation is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not. I, I only produce like one at one beat. The video is not like a beat to me. That's just like a guitar. But like, I only produce one beat off of Big Smile because it's like, dude, curation is important. You know what I mean? Curation is, curation is huge so like the, the the soundtracks he comes up with how beautifully like perfect they are for his movies this that the third 
And I, I mean, I don't want to only talk about Quentin Tarantino. The Coen brothers have an outstanding uh, handle on yes, like sound design. Some Korean directors. Um, the dude that did Old Boy, um, Sympathy for Late, or Mr. Vengeance. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like those, Park, shout out yeah, to they have insane sound direction. Insane. Um, what's, uh, what, the, what is his name? Um, he, I'm gonna figure it out. He did the Evil Dead reboot and, um, oh, Fede Alvarez. Don't Breathe. Fede Alvarez. Yes, Fede Alvarez. No, no, Dude, no, no, he's Fede outstanding. Alvarez. I love him. Outstanding. Love he's him. one of my favorite directors currently. Yeah, he's incredible. He, he's so great. People he's really, so great. People, um, people really slept, but I'm sorry to cut you off, but people really slept on that Evil Dead reboot. The Evil Dead reboot Dude. is so good. Oh my man. God. I was the only like, that's my- how you do, yeah. that is how you do horror. Yeah. And it's, and I don't mean like, like slasher is not horror. Terror <laughs> is not horror. Horror is like that possessionism. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I, I remember, I remember hearing one of my that's MFA film book friends talking about like, horror and how it specifically is talking like about like movies that come from that same vein as the exorcist where there's like possession demonism stuff like that and that's like what defi- the defining element of horror and then there's like thriller there's slasher and they kind of get lumped together in that umbrella term horror but like specific genre elements like they were talking about like possessionism so it's like oh no I, evil dead's one of the best i've seen in that regard See, like that's really interesting because to me, like I can't like I kind of feel like horror is the hub, and then all the rest of those that you mentioned are like subgenres of horror. It's kind of uh-huh. it's it's kind of it's kind of like how it's kind of like how rap is one thing, and then there's like eight or nine different kind like because like cause, that's a really good point, dude. Because rap to me is like a technique. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And like the genre is the application of the technique. How you totally. chose to do that? Yeah. So like that's interesting. Yeah, cause like I know, cause like they are, cause like cause like thriller movies and slasher mm. movies and like gore fest, they all have, they all have too much similar. They they're all too similar for me yeah. to consider them to be like completely different, different kinds of. Cause like, cause like, because mm. like you, you can mm. look at a movie like The Exorcist and look at a movie like either the original Evil Dead or the new one, and like they all share elements. Like there's like, there's, yeah. some, there's yeah. some sort of encroaching feel. Like any movie that gives you an encroaching feeling of dread is usually a kind of horror movie. Yes, like, yeah. You could even look at something like- uh, Wally. <laughs> yeah, like Wally. <laughs> like I wouldn't exactly call it a- like, It's not a horror movie, but, but it, it has, it, yeah. it depends how you're watching it. If you're watching it as a cute kids movie about a robot falling in love, it's not a horror movie at all. You know what I mean? Right. But if you're watching it from like as a human, that shit's terrifying. It's it's, it's a terrifying shit. movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it's it's like and like and like and like that's and like that also brings sci-fi into it too, which is even which makes it even more because like sci-fi mm. is even more of like a nebulous thing that nobody really has like a mm. concrete definition for. Like yes, like yes. like we nebular. Know, yep. Like we know the feeling and like the elements that make up what we would consider to be a sci-fi movie in the same way that we know and like like we get the feeling of what a horror movie is like it can be those, right like, and like there's abstracting that too like 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 sci-fi like if 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 like like you said horror is like that feeling of dread right yeah just that general feeling of dread if sci-fi is just like taking what we actually have and just pushing it a step further you know what i mean yeah just and like 
it's it's so it's it's so difficult to like pin down what science fiction is because yes because like, like so many because like people just think of it as like a movie that has something to do with with science but like not even because like because like you mentioned under the skin earlier like that's yeah that's a that's science fiction like that's science dude but, but like but every like, marvel every marvel movie is a science fiction movie right exactly but like You're, but like it's weird because like <laughs> i'm gonna put you on the spot tell me why under the skin is a science fiction movie like could you tell like because because that void doesn't exist in real life yeah it's metaphorical yeah. sure in in a lot but but it doesn't exist marvel is science fiction because no, the human t- is is the Fantastic Four Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, the, the Human Torch. Nobody can do that. Right. Totally. That doesn't exist in real life. You know what I mean? Everything else that might happen, it might be drama, it might be action, but first and foremost, this doesn't exist. It's sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's 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 pretty brass tacks too. And, that's funny. <laughs> right. It, I mean, a lot a lot of a lot of my philosophy comes down to reductionism. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the most raw definition you can give it? Does it apply? Right. What, like, like I, the, the sandwich one is really good. What do you consider a sandwich? Is it two pieces of bread separating the, the contents? Or is it two things separating the contents? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and yeah. therefore, it like, but but to me, it's like two things separating the contents. Because, like, I don't know. Do you remember when KFC did the double down or whatever it was yeah with the two pieces of chicken yeah, as the bread right it. <laughs> it was awful. that's a sandwich that's a motherfucking sandwich oh right God. so it's like it's just two things that blew the meta of sandwiches wide open right it's two things that won't get your hands that dirty separating con- other contents because right the ch- because the chicken's covered in breading so like right okay. it's exactly so <laughs> Oh, another but what, All right, so what this does is it creates a paradigm for quesadillas. Oh, my if God. You made it, if you made it with one tortilla, if you made it with one tortilla, it's not a sandwich because you folded it over. It's a singular piece of thing. You feel me? Oh, my God. Talk to me. Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. Not a fucking sandwich. Oh, my God. Unless you separate the bun. <laughs> But that's just based off reductionism. You feel me? What is the definition of what you're talking about? And how does it apply at the most fundamental level to what, what you're referring to? Yeah. You know? See, that's, I like that. That's, that's, that's a good way to put it, especially when it comes to genres of film, like sci-fi and horror, yes. because like, yes. because like, they just like, to me, Dude, I fucking love you, bro. You can actually follow like these weird ass <laughs> metaphors that I'm <laughs> I try, man. Like it's 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 all about finding the connections because like yeah. be, because like like sci-fi and horror, like sandwiches in particular, are a thing that like they're like there's so many different kinds and so many mm. different ways to make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like like and there are so many different ways to make a horror movie or like so many ways to like incorporate incorporate like science fiction into like it's 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 weird to think about but at the at the moment of consumption genre does not matter yeah like if it's not technically a sandwich you're not going to taste the the gustatory experience is the same you said the gustatory experience damn dude whether if 
whether it's fucking low die or whatever the fuck people are calling rap these days or or like drill right yeah whatever you're calling it doesn't matter it sounds exactly the same no matter what tag you put on it yeah man rap is rap it doesn't matter like right you you, you, you know like we get we like like we make classifications because that helps to that helps to put things it just helps us to like sort and organize things and that's cool like i'm not opposed to that but at the end of the day you're right like rap is rap you know like it doesn't matter what kind of rap it is like but it's at the moment of consumption for me right like genre can genre can symbiotically exist with art after like after you're done taking it in how like you putting that into because i mean bro we're human you know what i mean like we we need communication to survive to survive in this big facts society right and so like you know like having friendly experiences is important so like talking about the things that you like talking about the things that you did talking about the things that you think about they're all really important yeah you know totally to you and it's like though that might not exist on the meta level you don't exist on the meta level you only exist on your individual level and though you can perceive the meta, that doesn't mean you exist there. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like sharing that colloquial experience, right? Being important as that is, having a way to like put it into words. You know what I mean? Having a way to perceive what you need to perceive and actually be able to put it into words as a shared experience. I don't know. That's like fundamental. Wow. That's, you know? You're taking me into midnight gospel territory right now, and I was not ready mm. for that. <laughs> you, ever, you, 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 you ever you ever watch the midnight gospel? That's the best. To, like, th- talk about like how to present interviews to the millennial audience. It's incredible, son! Like that's outstanding. Shit, that shit blew my mind when I first saw it because, like, I had never heard of him. I can't even remember bro's name, but he was like. Just the way, just the way, like, cause like all, cause like all the podcasts have been recorded before the, before they did the animation. It's not like they made yes. it specifically for the thing, but like Pendleton Ward, the guy who created Adventure Time really came in and was like, I want to turn all of these into like, they're basically like screensavers. It's really like, yes. like, you remember like, you remember like the iTunes visualizer thing that you would have open? Yes. Like, yes. Like, like it's basically that. And they just found the- and, to, and and the beauty of it. You talk about um, the league again. You know what I mean. You uh-huh. talk about career work. Uh, you talk uh, so not career work. Uh, gang King Vision Ultra. He brought this up to me. World building and legacy work. Yeah, those two concepts, right? Pendleton Ward is a master of world building. When you watch Adventure Time, you're there. You're in Oob or whatever the fuck the world is called. You know That's what like, I mean? Oh, you got it right. Yeah. Right. So it's like you you're there uh, when you talk about and, and then the legacy work being the, the, the podcast series. Right. That is a testament to that man's life. That is a testament to who because being that good of an interlocutor, it that takes a, a an entire lifetime of shared experience of talking to people. You can't direct like you, too. You know what I mean? Like you have a way of of communicating that you're in the moment you've had you've talked to a lot of people bro you know what i mean yeah i i have talked to a lot of people but i'm 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 like i'm like working my way toward what he was doing on the midnight gospel oh sure. Chris, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're there yet i'm not oh, yeah, gonna lie yeah, to you yeah, like yeah. that bro 
I love you too much to lie to you like that. I appreciate but, you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's like, but but it's the same, tra- a similar trajectory. You know what I mean? He, like, but to have done something that good, it warrants someone like Pendleton Ward reaching out and saying, totally. let me, let me touch this. They, they make it look so easy. Like he makes, like he makes conversations. He makes conversation about these like extremely esoteric things. Like, look, the one about meditation was crazy that, to me. That like, like that might've been my, cause that was the one with the fish and the cats. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, 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 that was my favorite one. That and the one with his mother, which like, I, like, come on. Like, Dude, the could, one with his mother, it, it brought that? me to tears. How could you it not brought me to that? tears. When, 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 when she was deteriorating as a planet. Yeah. And it was like, I, I bro, I, I, in that moment, I remembered how my mom cut onions Damn. for salads. You know what I mean? Oh it's just like, and like, for, for, and, and like, the, uh, modern, modern TV can be regarded to, in my opinion, as cinema when you start talking about Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you like, I mean, it actually became cinema when COVID hit. You know what I mean? That is the extent that we can consume cinema to, in a lot of degrees, right? Yeah. So it's like, there's the actual actualization of the concept, right? So it's like, when you start talking about Netflix originals, things like that, it, 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 it's just a series of cinematic events, right? And, and I mean, you have things like a series of unfortunate events that exists, I mean, in book, in novel form, but it's like, anthological pieces that exist outside of the or like bigger than the individual component right they're like episodes you know what i mean oh yeah it's it's, so if you look at the midnight gospel as cinema it's some of the most brilliant cinema that we have because it's abstract yeah it it made a plot out of a podcast are you are you kidding me right they 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 are you kidding me styled man and and like and like not even in some like Cause like, cause, cause like the inverse of that to me, <laughs> the inverse of that to me is like when, uh, like when Kevin Smith had his podcast and then they turned Tusk into a movie and I fucking yes. hated that movie. Like I'm, no, that movie's dude, it, it, that movie sucked. That movie was trash, bro. Like, cause, cause like, cause like, I remember, I remember when it came out and I remember hearing the story behind it. Cause I don't listen to the Kevin Smith podcast. Like I like his movies, but I feel like his modern day persona, his modern day persona really irritates me a lot. It just uh, seems like, very like, it seems very like Simon Cowell entitled. Yeah, very much so. And like, and like that extends to what happened with Tusk. It's just like, it's just like some random idea that somebody had that shouldn't have been made into like, no, like, it like, shouldn't have been a feature film. It no. could have been 10 minutes long, would have been fine. The two things I really enjoyed about it were the um the old guy who plays the weird dude who likes the walruses. Yeah. He's a great actor. I love I don't remember his outstanding. Name, but shout out to that guy. And um the walrus <laughs> that he, they put Justin Long in, that shit looked amazing. But like the rest of yeah. the movie is just garbage. Like it But all I'm saying is like you could have wrapped it up in like 10, 15 minutes as oh, a short. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yes. especially considering that like and, and like Johnny Depp has a whole character in it and like why? Like there's like a whole like like he really like Dude, I know. Dude, talk about why. Yo. You talk about why in cinema? Bro, that shit is insane to me. Like, People what? like like you, you you have a scene in a movie where like like this and this is a completely like non-realistic example. I'm just kind of like hypothesizing, but like 
speaking hypothetically, you have a woman, she's like knitting or something and the camera like zooms in on her and then knitting never comes up again in the end of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, bro, what? So what did you show me that for? Or even, or even, or even something like the room where, like, the where, like, in the beginning, the mom brings up the fact that she has cancer, and then we never hear yeah. about the cancer again. What but the like, fuck is that, bro? <laughs> it's, like, that's and, different and, because and, the room is the room is that. That's like yeah. that's like one of those once in a lifetime. Like, why did this? Dude. Like, you, I can't even put it into words what the room is. But finish. Right. The- I mean, Tommy Wiseau is the 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 epitome of I think like I think. Admit it to yourself or not, but Tommy Wiseau is the the, the what you're searching for. In in, in what sense? It, it, not you, but people who are trying to brand themselves as a creative individual. He, I he like he just. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. So many like it's such a cult classic that people just throw money at him. For whatever he does, yep. he can live off of his own name seamlessly off of whatever it is that he fucking did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he did it before, like Joe Rogan or whoever. And it was off of him just being as purely creative as he wanted to be. Tommy Wiseau is what you're searching for. He yeah. did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether or not you think the room is funny, stupid, whatever. He made it. Yeah, and like he could live off that for the rest of his life. Like, good for him. I really respect the hustle. I really do respect the hustle. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's that's a great point. That's a really great point. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's bring so let's bring this to the album. Let's bring this to Big Smile. So talk to me about like, so like so you were mentioning earlier like how this feels like, I mean like you didn't say this in this in these exact words, but it kind of feels like uh it just feels like this is your like, here I am moment. This is like my, like, 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 am I wrong in saying it? This kind of feels like you're. Yeah. I mean, Deem, Deem told me a couple months ago, like all you need to worry about in terms of this album. I mean, the album was essentially done and I didn't change too many things about it after this. I just added a couple songs, but what he said was like, the only thing you need to worry about on this album is introducing yourself. Like just, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. And like, it just took me a while to feel comfortable saying that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember I was, I, I, it was like 2014, 2013. I posted some video of myself rapping. I don't, I don't even know if it's whatever. Right. You know? Um, but since then it's just been like this is a technique but how do i let it be me you know what i mean how can i actually channel myself through it right and because it's like i've been decent at wordplay for some time but it was always corny you know it was always just like it, it, it wordplay would exist as jokes to me and i felt like that was bastardizing to rap I mean, in hindsight, that's like, like why I would never release it. Like, that's just like, it just didn't feel right. Right. And then I don't know, at a certain point, I realized I just needed to like get to a point where I had my quote unquote own style. Right. 
Right. And like, however many people are going to say like, sounds like this sounds like that. Cause I've gotten plenty of it already. Um, it's just like, I felt like this was like unique enough for me to be able to say something, you know what I mean? Just like, and I needed to, I needed to get it off. Right. I had yeah, these wraps you go. Yeah, yeah. and saved for some, some reason. I didn't know why I bought a pink seafood feature like 2019. Right. I remember, Oh, I meant, I started tapping into this, right? Like I remember he dropped Ensley. I bought a shirt some months later and he called me in the middle of like, I was walking to class one day and I got a call from a random number and I pick it up. I'm like, hello. And he's like, yo, this is seafood. I just wanted to see if you got the shirt. I was like, what? <laughs> That's like groundbreaking. Yeah. You just call it. And, and I'm about to do the same thing. Word to him. Like, I just like, I'm just waiting for like merch orders to stop like coming through or whatever. Um, and I don't know, like that just, that touched me, bro. Like that, that really like, and then I, at that moment, I knew I wanted to get a feature from him. And I talked to him about it like here, there, and I had beats here and there. And then eventually my friend Sen, my rider died, my boy, my boy Sen, he sent me a uh, beat and I was like, oh, I think this is the one. And I sent it to live. This was like April, 2019, I think. And he hit me and he was like, yeah, this is the one, right? And I threw down for it. Didn't know why I was buying a feature because it's not like I really had plans to release music and especially not in the style of Pink Seafood. You know what I mean? So it was just like, I like, and then I just had it, right? And I was sitting there. I, that, dude, that song, Vertebra, Livewire, whatever it's. It's Livewire, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right, it, yeah. It is both, it's both. Yeah. Bro, I, there are like eight verses for that song. Wow. 12. I don't know. I, that I've had it for two years. You know what I mean? And there were verses that I had written before that, that I tried putting it on. There were verses I like, I like wrote right when I got the seafood feature and I was mad excited. Right. Sucked. Right. Whatever. Still had to figure it out, but I had that. Right. Didn't know what I was going to do with it for another like year, year and a half. Like I said, I was going to release it as a single that never happened. It was originally going to be called diet. I don't know. something about diet and the lyrics. And then I end up meeting Dean. Then I end up, you know, uh, interacting with, and then more recently, the whole Elucid thing, like, again, like that same message, right? The, yo, if you ever need, love your work, blah, blah, sent that to Elucid. He's like, yeah, bro, got you. That's what I love about Chaz, bro. He didn't, he had no hesitation. He was like, I like this. Let me talk to you. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? Did a, and it was it was something simple. It was a flyer for an Arm & Hammer live stream. Nothing that held that much gravity to it in terms of like, is this actually going to be good, whatever. And I mean, we, we worked it out until he liked it. This not the third, but like that that was integral to me being able to touch the Arm & Hammer thing. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's just, but it was just that exist. And for me, bro, uh, I can't take, I can't take that man's money. The amount of times I've had to tell this dude that I can't, bro. He's tried to pay me like for everything that I've done with him, the small bills stuff, both arm and hammer things. And it's just like, dude, like, come on. Like you're good. Right. <laughs> uh, like I'd so much rather you just throw me a, a feature and like we work together and just leave it there and keep that conversation open. Right. I'd so much rather that than sit here and pay you. Yeah, you told me yeah, you, you know? told me that a whole bunch too. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
even though even, it's like, I'm still trying to pay you anyway, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I try, bro. I try, I, I, bro. I, I mean, at this point, I'm gonna just start playing tag with you. Like, whatever you send me, bro, it's coming right back. You know what I mean? It's gonna have the little fucking uh, the, like, just keep on tagging on the, the 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 transfer fee for the immediate transfer. Just take it out of the game, bro. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course. But yeah, no. I mean, what I'm getting at is mainly like, I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do with half this shit. You know what I mean? By the time it hit a lucid, I had already had a really decent idea of what I was going to do. You know what I mean? But a lot of the stuff, it was just there as a testament to like collaborating with people. In the case of Sifu, I paid for that shit because I needed to have it. You know what I mean? That dude course, reached yeah. out. That dude called me. That really meant a lot to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, bro, I remember some like a year and a half later, I'm like in the bathroom at Young World and I hear some, I hear someone in the like stall like coughing up a lung. And I was like, damn, I hope that dude's okay. You know what I mean? And then I'm like washing my hands and then like Liv come out the stall and I'm like, damn, I hope you're okay, bro. And then like, we had the whole like flowers moment and I was like, yes. And it was just like cool to be able to like, like, like I don't know, like just see him in person because the internet exists too. And it was real in that, but like, to just like run into him. It was cool. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, and then we like, we're talking for a little bit. He was like, yeah. So like, you going to release that? Or like, I, I I think I was just trying to like, be like, yeah, I'm totally going to release that feature soon. Cause it was like almost a year at that point he sent me it. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to release that song soon. Absolutely. This was like December 19. So it was just like, like another year and a half later, here we are. Yeah, wow. when I actually finally released it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, this shit happened over time. Um, I don't remember if that's what you actually asked me or not. <laughs> what would uh? So like, so like, con- so like considering the so like, so like considering the time and the process that went into making Big Smile, like, what would you say is the like? What would you say is something that you would want people to take away from the album about you as an artist and as a person? Like, is there anything you want people to take away from this, or is it kind of the project? kind of like a sort of project that you just want people to sit with and like you want like 17 different interpretations so like both you know what i mean there is something that i'm saying with this and like what it's like what i'm intentionally channeling into it is that i'm not that sad anymore and it's very much a testament to the people that have given me their time and like have allowed like themselves to exist alongside me and like just kind of like because i i I don't know, like, I have some odder tendencies in my day-to-day life, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just, like, for you, for people to, like, just, like, look, because I I don't know, like, I'm loud as fuck. I talk about the wildest shit, you know what I mean? Like, I remember the other day we were all, like, chopping it up about, like, um, I don't even remember how we got there, but, like, we were talking about book burnings. And I was like, yeah, bro. And Pornhub deleted all, all unverified content late last year. That yeah. to me is like the modern book burning. And, and everyone was like silent for a second. And then my one boy was like, nah, you think I'm agree with you? I'm not, I can't do it, bro. Like, like and it's just like, it's mad funny. I don't know. But like, they, like this, they're my friends. You know what I mean? Like they, like, like they, they see past it. Right. Yeah. For other, like for people that I, I just tweeted about it the other day, I seen like, like friends turn to, to collaborators and then turn to idols and, and the inverse just the same with this album. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it it's really dope to see people like Diani, right? I, I've been on FaceTime a bunch with Diani and like Vritra 
uh, KVU, like that. Any anyone that just like Facetime me, and because like I, I don't know, I'm just chopping it up. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a be myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and ain't nobody asking no questions, and that's sick to me. You know what I mean? Because it's like I ain't seen the same life as a lot of a lot of people that I was working with. You know what I mean? But I like, and a lot of no nobody's seen the same life. I don't know if you've ever heard the word Sonder, but that's like one of the most important words in the English language. <laughs> Where it's just like talking about like how every single person has like an enriched life full of things that could, they could never even tell their mom, let alone any given person, right? Everyone has that. Everyone, Everyone has, has that. Has yeah. that. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So it's just like, so for there to be those rifts of relation and just see how like someone who's living such a different life from me can like come on to the album and just be they're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing and it exists symbiotically. It's just wild. Right. Yeah. Again, I don't remember if that's what you asked me, but that's yeah, that's yeah. That's more or less. That's more or less what I asked you. That's you know, like, that's what you want people to take away from it. If they take it. Oh yes. It. Oh, yeah. that it's not, it's, it's, and, I, and it's not me. That's the other part of it where it's just like, I'm not that sad anymore. And it's not because of me. It's right. because I allowed people to come into my life. That was my biggest problem for so long. I, I wouldn't let people into my life. I allowed people into my life and people showed up and that like was the realization for me. It's like, no matter what you're doing, you can't do it alone, you know? Yeah. No matter how isolated you feel, you're, you're not alone. And sort of like, sort of speaking of, like, like, like it's sort of like tangentially, tangentially related, but like, of course, you know, like you've been mentioning it all, all, all throughout this, like all the um, um, all the collage and stop motion and music video work that you've done for so many people. Like, it's, you know, like from everybody from like Chemezier to Arm and Hammer, like mm -hmm. and to like and, and like. so like I was just wondering, like, do you like what do you get out of creating these like or, or, or let me rephrase. Do you do you get something out of creating all these collages and videos for people that you don't get from your other work? Like, is there some sort of. Like, oh, is, there, yeah. is there like a different feeling to it for you? Dude, absolutely. Music for me, Big Smile was weird because it's like, there was, there's so many features on it. And like, there was no way that I'd like, a, a, a lot of people I genuinely know. Like Jody, fucking love him. Deem, I fucking love that man. Diani, she is so outstanding. Chango, one of my best friends. Shout out to Wakefield, Top Shelf. They're out here. Wake, uh, Tango, Wakefield, and Top Shelf are all out here in Buffalo with me. Elijah, too, uh, Color Fragment. Uh, not Banksy. But, like, almost everybody on the album, I know enough of a capacity to say I love them. You know what I mean? The only case, like, in my opinion, the only two cases of that that don't hold true are Sifu and Ade. Um, like, I've talked to them enough to appreciate them and respect the shit out of them and genuinely admire what they do but I don't know them well enough to love them. You know what I mean? And I'm okay with that. But like, um, genuinely, I like, I feel like it, you know, I needed to like, just be with people that I knew, right? I feel like I need to like, have a connection with you to like, work with you musically. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not big on like, beat transfer culture. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like um, online shit. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, I'm going to send you a beat pack. Let me know if you... Bro, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Right. And, like, I, I'm going to respond, like, people. yeah, sure, bro. Send them through if you... if, if I, I, I And I don't mean to sound jaded in this, but it's just, like, 
realize, like, like I get that the, there's a lot, like, because I produce too. Dude, I'll make 10 beats in a day. I'll make 20 beats in a day sometimes. You know what I mean? I get what sitting on that is like and being really, really fucking proud of it. And so I don't mean to sound jaded, but it's like, realize how intimate lyricism is. And I think that that, that level of connection needs to kind of be there, especially right. on the beat side of things. On the beat side of things, the only person that I really like went out and said, like, I'm buying a beat from this person is Abe. Because, like, I had that, like, dude, like, that whole movement was so integral, like, slums rising, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. That, that was so integral to a lot of people I know, you know what I mean, myself included. And um, I just, like, felt like, and, yo, Ade gonna talk about it, too, like, like, I got, I, I like, I got the low price, you know what I mean? But it was still really out of pocket for me. It was still really out of pocket, but I needed to, you know what I mean? Right. I needed to like pay homage to where it was due. But other than that, these are people I know, like Pepper, one of my, like anybody in Tenpenny, uh, Eyes, uh, BK, uh, Pepper. And, and those, were the, those, were, those were the ones that stepped out on the album. But like Metro, uh, Interpolating, Nick, um, Dirt. Th these are like um, my fucking homies in real life. Lefty, bro. And it's just like, these are people that I can fucking laugh with. These are people that I can just chill with. You know what I mean? Um, Sen, uh, Seth's Ego Gardens, uh, Manson and Seth's Ego Gardens. They, uh, Sen produced Livewire, Seth produced Say Less. Um, these are the two people that I could say, like, are my ride or die homies. Man. I've known Seth since, like, I don't know how long. Right. We almost got arrested together as, as minors. You know what I mean? So like at least 12 years. Right. Um, and then Sen, I, the, the, bro, Sen, it's crazy because it's like we were we were from Poughkeepsie. We both knew of each other. And then we were both in Bermuda at the same time on the same like beach. And we both saw each other and we were like, what? <laughs> What the fuck are you doing here? That's incredible. And then we just linked up in Bermuda, right? And, th and then when we got back to Poughkeepsie or whatever, we just ended up chilling. That's my, like, you know, and like, that's, that's where like a lot of this came from. So back to what you were asking, it's very intimate for me to do music. I need it to be, it's, it's my therapy, right? But when it comes to collage, dude, I could bang that shit out because it looks cool. You know what I mean? So for a collage, it's like, what do you think looks cool? Because I'm a tribe. Let, let's go, bro. You know what I mean? We're, we're like, we're doing it. And, and I mean, there's, there, there are going to be some people that are hearing this that, that, that are going to be like, shut the fuck up, bro. Because it's like, I'm like a couple weeks back on like a couple, uh, couple commissions right now. You know what I mean? I, a lot of stuff went up for us because I did not realize how much time was going to go into releasing Big Smile. You know what I mean? Right. How much am I like being tired? At the end of the day, I'm not like, I, I don't know, like just, just off of like promoting shit. Right. I was just like, damn, this is draining, draining. And I understood like every rapper that I've ever dealt with a little bit better. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, I, I, I don't know that, that, that shit was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, collage, I can just, 
it's not anywhere near as intimate. And that allows me to move with a lot more freedom. You know, I don't need to like bottle up a moment like I do with lyricism. Dude, with lyricism, it's like, oh my fucking God, like uh, uh, songwriting too, like composition. There'll just be a day where it's like, today is the day. I have no control over when that is. And I wish I did. Um, but I have no control over when I feel musical. But when I do, I need like, and, and it's genuine. I need to drop everything that I have planned and just tap the fuck in right. or else it's gone. I'm not going to get it tomorrow. It's not guaranteed. I might if I tap in right now. You know what I mean? Everything else needs to stop. It's not like that with collage. I could tap in. It will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, this would look cool. I can't I, I, like, I don't know. Like, it's dope. It's just so, like I needed that to be able to channel like ideas and then free up the mental capacity for Big Smile to kind of ferment, right? And then once Big Smile had fermented too much, it's like, if we're talking about fermentation, we're gonna talk about odor. Like Big Smile smelled just too strong. It was just too potent. So where it was just like, all right, now you you gotta go. You gotta go, get out the lab. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's why I felt like I needed to release it. That's like, at that moment, that this is the answer to your question from earlier of when did I feel like I needed to release music? Everything before this was compulsory. It was just like, I make music, therefore I feel like I need to release music. Right. This was the first time I had something to say. And when it became something that I knew would just keep fermenting to the point where it might rot if I didn't release it. And I knew that there was no more work that I could put into it that's that's when i knew that i needed to release you know what i mean gotcha and then still after that moment i still wrote one more song and i was like mad tight with myself like i said the album was done i sent it out to keenan for masters shouts out keenan amari the most like integral like in my opinion the the most integral name i won't say slept on because it's not anyone who's real recognizes what he's doing you know what i mean he's amazing and he is the most humble motherfucker on the face of the planet. Like, he mastered the whole album. Dude, I say a lot. Like, there are a lot of words. I want to get a word count going. I want to type out all the lyrics and, like, get a word count going. But, like, I say a lot. And this man's had the audacity to say, like, yeah, I'll master the whole thing and no, you can't pay me. I was like, shut your mouth, bro. So I'm, like, I'm putting together, like, a big mer- merch package. I told him, like, you got art on me for life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, there, there, there's nothing that, that I could say that would wrap up the sentiment that goes into how much Keenan means to me at this point. Dude. Right. And like, but um, what's it called? I had already sent the masters out to Keenan. And then I was feeling really sentimental. And that's when I really feel like rapping. And then I'm like, huh, I, I feel like I should write something. I'm feeling sentimental. I feel like rapping. I can't lose the moment, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, Mike, the fucking album is done. Don't do this to yourself. Don't do it. There are other people involved. It's not just you anymore, you fuck. And then I'm like, all right. But I'm totally going to like open BK's, like BK, uh, he, he's on Instagram and Twitter is like Baco Truck. B-A-C-O Truck. Right. And I don't know. I think it's cute, but he goes by BK, right? And um, he's in Tenpenny too. And they're like, we have Discord. He had dropped like some old beats folder link and i was like 
I'm gonna see what's going on here. And I and as soon as I opened it, I knew I had fucking made a mistake because every single song was so good. Every single beat was just so heat. And then I found uh, Too Winded to Run, right? And it was like, shit, I didn't have an outro. I wrote like five lines. I was like, yeah, I need to do this. You know what I mean? And then I told Keenan, bro, I got another one coming. My fault. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, dude, like, oh, that shit was so great, man. Two, like, Two Minutes to One is probably my favorite song on the album. Just because it's like, feels like I really knew what I was saying, why I was saying it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I wanted to wrap it up, right? And yeah, it did, nothing else on it was that intense. Maybe Got to Grin, but those two were the last two songs on the album, the intro and the outro. Right. Um, so it was, but like, dude, that Sifu song, it was like, that was so pre intention. That it's just like, I don't know, you're just talking. You know what I mean? Oh, you're yeah. just rapping on some shit. And then it's cool because like there are like little precursor elements of lyrics that kind of like hint towards Big Smile that were written before the name was around, the idea for the album was around, right? Sifu said, must be the uh, bracelet, must be the teeth. Some want power, some want peace, right? And like, I don't know, there's a line about teeth there. You know what I mean? Girls, smiles, this, that, the third. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I said something, and it was like in my verse for it. I said, uh, "So I keep on growing and showing my teeth to the people who's the only one I'm in the streets." And I don't know, like just like that that sense of community. It might not be unity, but like there's an essence of it. These are people that it's bro in Buffalo. It's like we all go through that winter. I feel like I know you a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it's just like that essence of like you know. Community power, you know what I mean? Like you're here, these are the people that you're here with, right? Um, but there's a line about teeth, right? Wrote that for a different beat that was gonna be on a different release at a different time that just kind of like transitioned smoothly into that the beat that's on Livewire, right? And um, but like they're precursors. Two minutes to run was like so intentional that it just felt like it precipitated. Wow. <laughs> that that's wow that's so much insight and um i love it it's dope (laughs) um i got two more questions for you before we before we wrap this whole shit up so yeah we should probably seek to do that because it's been two hours and i'm sorry i just talked bro it's just like a constant stream my fault i feel you i'm the same way so like so um real quick talk to me about your fascination with the number six because I know you got. Mm. I, oh I, my god! I know, I know, I know you. I know you like the numbers. <laughs> oh, that's that. so funny. Yeah, explain. Um, so there was a, there was a, there was a, a certain substance-induced experience mm-hmm. with me and my friend Sen, where it was almost like. It is crazy, dude. There was like this moment where we were like speaking without speaking. I mean, we were both tripping balls, right? And um, like his girlfriend was there. And we were like going back and forth. And then like she saw it happening and then we like recapped vocally. Like, yo, you were saying that, right? You, and, and it was just like this very crazy experience, right? And I don't I don't give it too much emphasis anymore. I'm trying to, I try not to romanticize the essence of like shared psychedelia. Um, 
just because it's like it's cool and then it's gone a lot of the time but six kind of became that testament to that extra like beyond the five senses that we say we have that there's something that exists in between cognizant or slightly conscious beings right it happens with animals it happens with I'm like with with other humans very like ferociously, especially when you know someone so well, where it's like your psyche just kind of melts into theirs. And like that, that sticks to me. That's that, that shared sense between perceivers, right? Where your, where your wavelengths kind of like become sinusoidal as opposed to like just passing by each other perpendicularly. Uh, like you're just going to keep meeting back in the middle and like you exist so closely in frequency to these other people. And that's like six is like so important to me because of that reason. And then it's like, once you start romanticizing shit, it's just, you start recognizing it more. It's not that six is manifesting itself for me. Right. I'm just looking at the clock and like all I remember, like right now it's three Oh three that adds up to six. Right. And the amount of times I've looked at the clock in this, I don't remember any of the other times because they didn't out to six. You know what I mean? Wow. But I'm going to say, yo, it was crazy. I looked at the clock and it was 3.03. You know what I mean? I'm going to say that to my girlfriend when we get off the phone. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I romanticize it. Because again, like, I think this is one of the first things that I said on the phone with you, where it's just like, if you break that metaphor, the one that you, that is like integral to your persona, it, it, it kind of starts crumble. You know what I mean? And like, if I remove that number from my life, it's just like, well, damn, what do I do now? You know? And like, I've been waiting to do the 666 PM thing for like three years, dude. Yeah. I know. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and like, and like, uh, well actually no, before, b- b- before I move on, like explain what the 666 thing is. Like, what is that? What is, what is, what is 60? Like, I mean, like, it obviously has so to be. So there's nothing. Said, but like, yeah, there's nothing satanic about. No, six, I, 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 you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, but, but, bro, some people are so fucking confused about that. They're like, but it's 666. I'm like, okay, well, I don't believe in Satanism or whatever that correlates with. I don't. Right. I don't subscribe to that ideology. So it's like, it doesn't mean that for right. me. If you want to let it mean that for you, that's or in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. it's just like a, a transition of intention and perception you know what i mean like that's cool that's fine but like i didn't mean that right it's just like how many sixes can i fit into something <laughs> it just makes it more fun for me bro you know what i mean that's it's cool. like and and like 666 it's not this like like 888 that would be dickhead you feel me <laughs> that would be kind of dickhead to do to people right so it was just cool that it was six. You know what I mean? Like it was just right, like you know, right around the corner, right seven oh six. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah no, like, that, that's it. And like, not to trivialize, right? Not to trivialize any of like the really deep, incredible shit that you just said, but like, I'm just like thinking about looking at a six in my head. And like obviously a nine is basically a six upside down, and I'm just yeah. and I'm yeah. just thinking about how, like. I've acknowledged that before, but I've never acknowledged that if you were to literally put a six and a nine together, it would make a yin yang. Mm. Like, yeah, that's wild to look me. At that. I I yeah. never thought about that before, just this very moment. 
but that's what that is. Like, like the six and the nine, it's, it's, a, it's a yin yang. It's crazy. I just, I, I was just like a random thought I had that I thought was fire. <laughs> um, and like, I'd like to put in a petition to not let um, Takashi take that from the world. So just on him. record. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. Let's put, let's put that out there. But, but uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Yeah, yeah, if that if we're gonna end if we're gonna end the six talk there, like Drake, sure you can you can kind of hold that because it's Toronto, right? Yeah. But like Takashi, you gotta give it up, bro. Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just call himself Takashi now, but uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, you don't have no six to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, before we get out of here, um, trending movie topic. <laughs> fun 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 movie news um by the time this episode comes out the oscars will be in like four days so i wanted Mm. to talk to you about i didn't even know that (laughs) yeah me either until i looked it up a little while ago so like so like for you a have you been paying attention to the nominations b do you care and c like yeah, I guess let's just start there. Like, have you like 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 have you been paying attention to anything like? No, across the board. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean just generally like the last movie I seen in theaters was I think Arrival or Joker. It was Joker. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, there was just like a big group of people, and I was like, yeah, I could watch that. It was a good movie. Um, I don't like how they romanticized psychopathy yeah. to the degree that they did, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But like, um, I really yeah, I just, I don't really like, I let, I let movies kind of ferment before I can like submit to them a lot of the time, you know, like, like, uh, E.G. the Killer, right? Like I still haven't watched it, but like, I know I'm a fucking enjoy that movie because it's from 2001 and you're still telling me about it you know what i mean i mean i don't know i'm gonna enjoy it but i'm going in with a more open mindset than a movie that came out in 2021 you know what i mean i hope it's just like i can't believe i can't i can't i I can't i don't know i feel like you need more than one watch to really digest a movie oh yeah it's like you know yeah yeah any movie that you can't might not be that good yeah, like any like any movie that I really enjoy, any movie that I really enjoy, I always wind up enjoying it more the second time I watch it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, because like under the skin was weird. Under the skin was weird. I do think that that was a deep story. It was abstract and a little bit empty enough for you to understand in one go. And like the second time, it kind of felt wrong. Like I felt like I know I know the entirety of what this movie stands or like. I get what they're saying. And it's kind of just like, it would be just for the visual aesthetic because it's such a wild visual aesthetic watching that movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you need to watch that movie a couple times. And there are movies that exist like that. I think a lot of like slow cinema, like, have you seen a lot of slow cinema stuff or no? Uh, I don't like, what do you mean specifically by slow cinema? So slow cinema is like, it was this this very weird trend in movie where it's like nothing happens. It's like anti-cinema. Oh, oh, it's oh, like kind, kind of like mumblecore? 
Is is it kind of like mumblecore? Uh, explain that a little more if you can. Uh, it's like really pared back, like simple is not the right word, but it's like really pared back and like like slow cinema. Yeah, yeah, slow cinema is like dude is eating cereal. Yeah, I've seen. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 like I've seen stuff like that. Like not a lot of it. Yeah, like enough to yeah. Right. I, I, I remember what's his name. Cinema. It's interesting. What was his name? Um, did um the Campbell soups Andy Warhol. Oh yeah, right? Andy Warhol. He fucking he he directed a lot of anti cinema back in the day. Like I remember there was one thing he did. I forget how long it was. I think it was like eight or eighteen hours or something like that of a single shot of the Empire State Building. He also did something like that with a guy sleeping. He just like shot for like six hours. Yeah. (laughs) Unedited, unedited, nothing happens, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, that's slow cinema to to me, right? Like, and I don't know. I think it's weird, but like, it's an extreme too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, totally. Yo, this was. So yeah, no, I haven't really paid attention with the Oscars, but yeah. This yeah. was fun, bro. This was fun. Yeah, man. Thank you. Like, I'm really like, you're giving me a lot to think about. And I'm going to go back to Big Smile with a lot more context. And uh, I honestly can't wait to like rewatch fucking the Midnight Gospel after our big talk about that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, bro, like, you, 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 you talk like me. You talk like me. So I already, like, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Just- <laughs> Not for real. Yo, thank you. Thank you for taking the time, man. I appreciate you, Dylan, bro. Seriously, man. It's been been great getting to know you, and it's like, I'm glad that we can have this time together. Hell yeah, bro. Me too. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening, too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.